the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You never hear anybody say, hey, maybe all these things are happening because God's trying to get our attention. Hey, maybe God's shaking our world. And that's why it's happening. Or maybe God allowed this to happen because we've turned away from Him as a nation. You never hear a spiritual explanation. The people that died in Jerusalem, they died because God sent His angels through that city to judge them. If you let yourself drift away from God, His presence is going to be less and less evident to you. You'll experience less of His power in your life, and you won't see as many blessings coming your way anymore. Today, Pastor Dan is going to show you that in a time of so much spiritual warfare, you need to make sure you're following closely to God's ways. He's the source of peace and hope that's unmatched by anything the world has to offer. The choice is yours, whether to live in sin or to live for God. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 9 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Yes, they're worshiping other gods, but they you asked them, if you could go back in time and ask them, they would say, yeah, we believe in Yahweh. We've got his temple. They still had the sacrifices going on at the temple. They still had a priesthood. There was still, you know, an organization there, but it wasn't genuine. Through Isaiah, the prophet, God says, these people honor me with their mouths. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They're just going through the motions as a nation with God. They're going through the motions with God. And so now God is leaving. It's also important to note that as God's presence leaves, the judgment begins to fall on the city. If you look at the second half of verse 3, it says, And he called to the man clothed with linen. Remember that guy with the writer's inkhorn at his sign? At his side. And the Lord said to him, Look what the Lord says. Now go through the midst of the city of Jerusalem and put a mark on the foreheads, watch what he says here, of the men who sigh and cry over all the abominations that are done within it. Now I mentioned that there are some who believe that this man dressed in linen and carrying the inkhorn, is Jesus Christ. God tells this man to go through the city of Jerusalem and put a mark on the forehead of each person who sighs and cries over all the abominations that are done within the city. Now, if you're a note taker, that word mark there 
It's referring to the Hebrew letter Taw, T-A-W, Taw. Now, in Ezekiel's day, this is just a little, who knows if there's anything to it, but in Ezekiel's day, the Hebrew letter that is written, that is Taw, it was written as kind of like a little crooked X. If you think about an X, if it's crooked, just like a little cross. And so whoever this guy was, we don't know who he is. Maybe it was Jesus. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But he's going through the city, and he's writing this letter on people's forehead that looks kind of like a little cross that he's putting on people's forehead. And those that have the mark of the cross, they're going to be spared of God's judgment. Hmm. Look what it says. Again, verse 4. He's to put it on the mark of the foreheads of the men who sigh and cry over all the abominations that are done within the city. Those who are grieved, those who are brokenhearted over the sins that were being committed in their city. Those who sigh, those who groan, those who cry or those who lament over the spiritual condition of their city. Because, listen, the nation had just pushed God aside. Yes, they would confess that they still believe in God and they still got the temple thing going on. There's a form of godliness in the nation, but they have pushed God aside. They've pushed his word aside. They've pushed his law aside. They've pushed his commands aside. And for decades and decades and decades, They have refused to bring God back and give him the proper place in their culture. And that's why there were all these abominations in the city. The abominations in the city were just symptoms. The real issue was that they had pushed God aside as a society. And that's why the people are lamenting over their city. Because the people know that the nation has pushed God aside, pushed his commands aside, pushed his word aside, and the nation has no desire to bring God back to the center of the nation and begin to honor God once again. And listen to me, our nation has done the very same thing. Our nation has pushed God aside And we've pushed his word aside in our culture. We've pushed uh, his standards aside in our culture. And because we've pushed God aside, we have all of the things happening in our nation that are happening in our nation right now. The things happening in our nation are spiritual in nature. And the things happening in our nation right now are the symptoms The sicknesses we have as a society have turned away from God and turned away from his word and turned away from his standards. The sickness is sin. The sickness is rebellion against God. And there seems to be, (laughs) there seems to be no desire in our society to bring God back and put him back in the right place in our country which should cause us to sigh and which should cause us to lament 
for our nation. I think in some ways it's difficult for us to get perspective on what has been happening in our nation, not just in the last couple of weeks, but in the last several months especially, because we're in it and we're going through it and we're feeling it. But, you know, our nation uh, very publicly in the last few months has declared that God's church is non-essential to us anymore, that it's irrelevant to our culture. It's unimportant. I'm not getting political. It's just an observation. And at the same time, we have said liquor stores and pot shops are essential. Right? Again, I'm not getting political. I'm just saying... A hundred years from now, that's the kind of stuff you read in a book. That they said, churches are no longer essential, but these things are. It is telling of where we are spiritually as a society that our government would even say those kinds of things. That's where we've gone. That's where things are. And the reason you have all of the troubles we have going on in our country right now All of it is because we've pushed God aside. We've pushed his word aside. We've pushed his commands aside. We've pushed his standards aside. And there there doesn't seem to be a desire to bring it back and give it its proper place. The things we see happening are just the symptoms. It's all the result of. It's not the issue. And it should cause us to sigh and it should cause us to lament over our nation. Just as these people who understood in Jerusalem what was really going on. And they groaned and they cried out and they lamented. It reminds me in a way of, uh, of Jesus in the New Testament when he laments over the city of Jerusalem. And he says, I just wanted to gather you under my wings like a mother hen gathers her chick. Oh, you wouldn't let me do it. You know, I just want to protect you. I want to provide for you. I want to bless you. But you, you just, you wouldn't let me. And so as a result, destruction came on Jerusalem. Now to the others, verse 5, he said in my hearing. So he tells, so he tells the one guy, maybe Jesus, maybe not. We don't know. The guy dressed in linen, he's got the ink horn. He says, go mark on the foreheads all the people that sigh and cry over all the abominations that are done within it. Then verse 5, to the others, to the angels, he said in my hearing, go after him through the city and kill. Remember, they've got battle axes. Do not let your eyes spare, nor have any pity. Utterly slay old and young men, maidens and little children and women, but do not come near anyone on whom is the mark. And begin at my sanctuary. So they began with the elders who were before the temple. Then he said to them, defile the temple and fill the courts with the slain. Go out. And they went out and they killed in the city. So God commanded. God commanded. This is God's command. This isn't Satan. This is God's command. God commanded the six angels to kill all in the city that did not have the mark. And it didn't matter how old they were, how young they were, male, female, doesn't matter. If they don't have the mark, these six angels were to kill them. So they go out in the city of Jerusalem and they fulfill God's command here and they kill those 
in the city. This is what was happening in the spiritual realm. This is what was happening in the unseen world. God commanded his angels to go through the city and kill all the people that didn't have the mark. Now, from a human perspective, from a human perspective, we're told elsewhere that the people in Jerusalem died from famine and disease. And once the Babylonians broke the wall of the city, they died at the sword of Babylon. So there's a human explanation to what's happening, and there's a spiritual explanation to what is happening. They could give a human explanation for all the deaths in the city, but the cause of the deaths was really a spiritual reason. It was because God commanded these angels to do this. It was a spiritual cause. It wasn't really a human cause or a physical cause. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app, or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. I think about this kind of stuff. Have you, have you noticed, and it shouldn't surprise us, but uh, we explain everything in our world with human explanation, don't we? I mean, we don't as Christians, but when you turn on the news uh, or, you know, you talk to people, people give a human explanation for why things happen. They explain things on a human level, right? You can, you can turn on the weather, and if they're talking about a hurricane that's going to hit somewhere, uh, the meteorologist can explain to you scientifically why this hurricane formed off the coast of Africa and came across the Atlantic into the Gulf of Mexico and why it has a maximum sustained wind of this and all, you know, and it's a category this and they can give you this human scientific explanation of anything and everything. But you know, you never hear anybody talk about a spiritual reason. You never hear anybody give a spiritual explanation. You never hear anybody say, hey, maybe all these things are happening because God's trying to get our attention. Hey, maybe God's shaking our world, and that's why it's happening. Or maybe God allowed this to happen because we've turned away from him as a nation. You never hear a spiritual explanation. The people that died in Jerusalem, they died because God sent his angels through that city to judge them. Now, watch what happens here in verse 6. God told the angels, begin at my sanctuary. And so they began with the elders who were before the temple. Now, now why did God say this? Why did God say, begin with my sanctuary? We saw the reason why in chapter 8. When we went through chapter 8, because the priests... And the elders of Israel, listen, 
they had brought the iniquity of the culture into the house of God. They brought the iniquity of the culture into the house of God. And the priests and the elders, they were appointed by God to teach the people God's word. They were appointed by God to be the frontline defenders of the truth of God. They were appointed by God to watch over the people as shepherds and to protect them from the iniquity of the outside culture. And instead, the priests and the elders brought the iniquity of the outside culture into the house of God, and they made it a part of church. (laughs) The very ones God appointed to be the ones who stand on the line for truth, to protect the people. We're going to get to Ezekiel 34 uh, at some point, and you'll see God rebuke the shepherds of Israel for failing to do their job to protect the people and to care for the people, to watch over the people. He says, begin with my sanctuary, because these were the people that he appointed. And instead of protecting the people and standing for truth, defending the truth, they were complicit in the sin that ultimately destroyed the nation. And so God starts with a sanctuary. And we see the same principle in the New Testament. First Peter chapter 4, verse 17 says, Judgment begins at the house of the Lord, with God's people, because we've got the truth. We've got the truth. God has put us here to be salt and light to the culture, right? You know, our job as salt is to prevent decay. Our job as light is to cast out darkness. He says um, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, that the church, listen, the church is the pillar and ground of truth in the world. Now, what does a pillar do? A pillar, we've got pillars in, the, in here. A pillar holds up the building, right? The ground, that's what you stand on. Purpose of the church and the function of the church in the world is the church is the place in society that upholds the truth of God's word. The church is the place in society that stands on God's word without compromise. In Israel, the leaders compromised. They more than compromised, they were complicit in the sins of the culture and brought them into the house of God and made them part of the normal worship in the house of God. And so judgment begins at God's sanctuary. Listen, there are churches today that are still doing this. There are churches today that are bringing the sin of the culture into the church and adopting the sin of the culture. Instead of standing against the culture, standing against the sin, they're bringing it in, into the house of God, and they welcome it in, and they embrace it. They're complicit in it. With everything going on with uh, you know, race right now in our country, and that issue has come back up to the forefront again, I've been reading 
this week about the role of uh, churches in American history. You know, uh, for me, I got saved as an adult. My family didn't go to church, uh, so I don't have a church background. I didn't grow up in a church. Uh, the movement of churches that we're part of, Calvary Chapel, is really not that old. Um, it started in the late 60s, early 70s, so we don't have like this long church history. Our church has only existed for 17 years. But you go back and you start to read about how uh, in the founding of the nation, where you had uh, pastors from the pulpit defending slavery and using Scripture to defend uh, the institution, justifying it. Uh, you know, justifying Jim Crow laws and segregation and refusing to integrate churches and fighting against integration. And again, using Scripture, twisting Scripture to, to validate their position instead of standing against the sin of the culture. They brought the sin of the culture into the church. It's not just that issue. You see it today still happening in churches where the church is compromising or the church is uh, buying into something that the culture has said is acceptable. But the word of God says it's an abomination or it's sin. And now that the church is bringing the culture and bringing the sin of the culture into the church. It's the same thing that happened here. Then he said again, verse 7, defile the temple and fill the courts with the slain, go out. And they went out and killed in the city. God tells these angels to kill the people in the courts of the temple. And those dead bodies, of course, will defile the temple. And what God is doing here is, you know, God is saying, hey, they defiled my temple by their wicked lives. So I'm going to defile the temple in their death, in their dead bodies. So it was that while they were killing them, I was left alone and I fell on my face and I cried out and said, Ah, Lord God, will you destroy all the remnant of Israel in pouring out your fury on Jerusalem? Ezekiel, uh, he understood what was happening in the nation and so he intercedes on behalf of the nation. He prays something that we can do. Pray for God's mercy on our nation. Then he said to me, the iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is exceedingly great and the land is full of bloodshed and the city full of perversity. For they say the Lord has forsaken the land. The Lord does not see. It's not that God has forsaken them. They push God out. And yes, God sees, but they live as if he doesn't. They've lost the fear of God. And as for me also, verse 10 My eye will neither spare, nor will I have pity, but I will recompense their deeds on their own heads. And just then, verse 11, the man clothed with linen, who had the inkhorn at his side, reported back and said, now watch what he says. He says to God, I have done as you have commanded me. That sure sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? Right? Jesus said similar things to that in the Gospels, on John's Gospel, He says, I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And this guy, maybe he's Jesus. We can't say for sure. He comes back and he says to the Lord, to God, I have done as you have commanded me. Perfectly faithful to God. He asked me how I know. 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Ezekiel. The Israelites had a difficult time trusting God, especially when things didn't go their way. But despite their wavering faith, God's faithfulness never wavered. He even sent someone like Ezekiel to speak not only truth, but hope. God had something much greater for the Israelites, and He has something much greater for you, too. If today's message with Pastor Dan on Ring of Truth has touched you and you'd like to know more about how God can change your life, we'd love to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. And we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. If you're ever in the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together for a time of worship and Bible study. And we'd love to have you join us. You can visit our website at calvaryec.com to find directions, service times, and what you can expect when you join us. We want to say thank you for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the Bible when you tune in next time, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes It's true.